0: Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together, and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. What does this tell you about our God? It tells you that our God is not a God of just enough. Tells you that our God is not a God of lack. Tells you that our God is a God of abundance. Y'all gonna to have to help me today. It tells you something about the character of our God. Okay? Now let's look at one more scripture. <clears throat> it's in the book of Matthew, chapter six. And it's verse thirty three. Matthew chapter six, verse thirty three. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What I want to talk to you all about today is kind of in relation to your relationship with God. I'm just having a real hard time this morning. Um, I know where I want to go, I'm just not sure about all the steps in between. <laughs> okay, so just bear with me for a minute. God's got something really important for you today. Okay, this could, this man, this has an impact on the rest of your life with Him. Okay, so the the scriptures we just read, they almost don't go together, right? You 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 may be thinking, where in the world are you going with this, Kevin? <laughs> right? I I wonder that sometimes myself, y'all. <laughs> but first he says, he says, you give, and it'll be given to you. And not not just a little, like I'm going to give you back a little bit, but he's saying it'll be given to you, pressed down, shaken together. You know, the the ideal comes from um Grain or flour, right? You know, you can fluff that up and give it to somebody and it's not the same as if you take it and shake it down and pack it. It says press together, right? You pack it down, guess what? You can fit more in the same container if you'll shake it down a little bit. Right? So that's how, that's how God deals with us or wants to. He wants to deal with us in abundance. Y'all, I am, I am so far away from material things today. So just get that out of your head. We're not talking about prosperity doctrine today. Okay. That's not what I'm dealing with right now. I'm talking about that relationship with God. He wants to deal with you in abundance. Okay. He says you give, and it will be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing even. Okay? Then the next scripture we read says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. I want to leave that second part off. Because sometimes, we want to focus on that second part. Like this is some kind of equation. If I do this... This equals that. You just, you just undermine the entire Scripture when you do that. Because see, what He's trying to do is redirect your heart and say, if you will just seek after Me, put Me first in everything, I'll handle the other stuff, okay? But what we want to do a lot of times is say, man, I want the other stuff. So first to get that, I gotta seek God and His righteousness. And that's so far off of what that scripture means to me. It just doesn't even, it's not even in the same realm. See, what He wants you to see is the first part. Just seek me first. Seek me first. Put me first in your life. Put my righteousness at the forefront of your life. I'll help you with the other stuff if you'll just seek me. If you'll put my, my wants and desires priority in your life, I'll help you with the rest. So you don't have to stress over it. That's really what he wants you to see. So God wants to deal with us in a manner fitting an air. Okay? How do you, how do you deal with your kids? You want to give them stuff. You want to bless them. No no good parent wants to just withhold things from their kid to, to harm them, right? Sometimes you may withhold things because you know that's the best for them. But no good parent wants to just be stingy and say, no, nah, I ain't giving you nothing. You're going to earn everything. Nobody wants to do that. A good parent wants to bless their kids. They want them to have better than what they had, right? I want my kids to grow up and not go through the struggles I did. But I also realized some of them struggles were good for me. So we want to deal with our kids that way. That's how God wants to deal with us, but amplified, magnified times infinity. He wants to bless us. He wants to pour abundance into our life in, in spiritual ways. Why are we satisfied with less? Hmm? Who's satisfied? Y'all satisfied? Are you satisfied with church? Are you satisfied with your walk with God? Are you satisfied with what He's already done in your life? I'm not satisfied. But what? What? I say one thing, but what's the, what's the reality? You see, I, I'm giving all the evidence that I am satisfied because I'm not seeking Him first. I'm not putting His desires ahead of my own fleshly desires. So my actions say something different. My actions say I'm okay with mediocre. My actions say, I'm okay with what I've reached so far. That's enough. Y'all hear me? Does that sound like what's happening in your life? I'm okay with where I'm at. No. See, I'm not okay with it, but I don't do anything to change it. I keep expecting something different to happen, but I don't do anything to change it. I don't do anything to bring about something different. That's called insanity. How many of y'all are insane? Nobody's going to admit to that, right? Even insane people won't admit to that. But your actions sometimes dictate what you truly are. Okay, so when I go about saying, God, I want more. God, I want more. God, I want more. And then I compare what those Scriptures say to what I actually do, I see there is something wrong. Right? Because I keep doing the same things expecting someday, magically somehow, things are just going to improve. Keep praying, God... We want something better, God. We want something deeper. God, we want You to move. We want You to do this. We want You to do that. And He says, then do something different. (laughs) You can't keep doing what you're doing and expect me to do something different. That's not the way it works. See, there has to be a change in us. There has to be a shift in the direction we're headed. Y'all, I'm telling you this today because this is the thing I really truly desire is to see the move of God in our church. I truly desire to see people at the altars, not just paying lip service to God, not just down here bringing another need to God, but down here seeking Him with their whole heart. I've got to do it too. You see, we've got to change the direction we're headed if we want to see something changed from God. How many of y'all would say by raising your hand today, you want more from God? Oh man, everybody's raising their hand, right? I want more from God. We can't keep doing the same thing, y'all. My God is not a God of average. My God is not a God of mediocre. My God is not a God of just enough. But that's how we live. Man, that's a wake-up call, y'all. And if it ain't waking you up, man, you're hopeless. I'm telling you right now, you need to get on your face and find Jesus. Because if that don't touch you in your heart, I don't know what will. Y'all don't know? Maybe you do. Maybe, Maybe it's... Maybe I'm not seeing things right. Maybe I'm not the only one that longs for and desires those things. Y'all, I'm not trying to say I'm not at fault because I'm telling you right now, I see the same insanity in my own life. I long for and desire a move of God, but I don't do anything to change it. I don't do the, the necessary things to bring about a change in my spiritual life. You see, there takes effort on my part. God is willing to, to meet my needs. He's willing to supply my need. He's willing to grow closer to me. But it takes me moving toward Him. He's not, going, He's not going to beg me. He's not going to drag me kicking and screaming. The Word says that if we draw close to Him, He will draw close to us. You see, I have to initiate it. You think, you may think, well that's kinda, that's kinda sorry that I have to do all the work. You ain't doing all the work. First of all, that's a blessing that you have the privilege of free will. But he is not gonna force himself, even on his own children, he's not gonna force himself on us. Y'all, I I, I get so... Am I the only one that feels this way? Y'all tell me if I am. Look, I get tired, y'all. I know you must too. You get tired of just the same old rut. Has anybody ever been stuck before? Is it pleasant? No, it never is. And it's not in the spiritual realm either. It is not pleasant to be in a rut. But at the same time, it's kind of comfortable because you know your boundaries, right? Can't go that way, can't go this way. I'm in a rut. It ain't ain't pleasant being stuck. But that's how I feel sometimes. Y'all listen to me. I want to serve God, man. (laughs) I want to do God's will. I want to see God move. I've got to overcome that thing in me, that fleshly desire in me to go please myself. You know what I mean? Man, that's what the flesh wants to do. It's all about me when it comes to the flesh, ain't it? What do I want? How do I want to do things? I don't like that. That's not pleasant. That's not comfortable. I don't want to get out of my box. All along, the spiritual man is just starving to death. He's saying, please feed me. Please give me a little bit. Just give me something All right, now. I need a little boost. Man, it feels so good to get in the presence of God. Man, you you get that attitude shift for a little 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 minute. And you say, you know what, I'm just gonna go spend time with God. And you get in there, oh man, it's so sweet. You get in the presence of God. Oh man, y'all listen, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about today, but I'm here to tell you when you get in the presence of God, chains fall away. Burdens are lifted. Huh? You hear what I'm saying? Peace that surpasses all understanding, comes into focus. You lose sight of every care of this world. Even if it's only for a few minutes, that's what it's like to be in the presence of God. You see, Jesus wasn't making anything up when He said, Come unto Me, those that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take My yoke upon you, for My burden is easy and is light. Y'all, when you come into the presence of God, all that other stuff fades away. And for a little while, you say, what in the world have I been doing, wasting my time with this other stuff? But then you get out of the presence of God. And if you ain't careful, you just slip right back over into that rut again. See, that's the bad thing about ruts. Y'all ever been on a on a muddy road where people have already been traveling? And you say, I don't want to be down in them ruts. They're deep, right? That's where you end up getting stuck. So I'm going to straddle the ruts and I'm going to stay up on the high ground. And you get up and you're doing good and before you know it, if you're not paying attention, that tire will hit the edge of that rut and where are you then? In the ruts. They're hard to get out of, ain't they? you got to ride them to the end a lot of times. Hard to get out of them. What did it take to stay out of them? Just paying attention. Just looking where I was going. Just looking and, and keeping my mind focused on my travel. Not letting my mind drift off onto other things. Because see, that's what happens. You become distracted for just a little bit. And all of a sudden, you're back in that rut again. How many of y'all are in a rut today? Don't nobody else want to admit it? I want y'all to hear something right now. These people that stand on this stage, include myself in that, our Sunday school teachers. They work hard. They work hard at. At doing something, right? Okay? Work hard at it. They don't take it lightly. And sometimes we say, you know what, we need to change something up. Right? Why we do that? Because we realize we're doing the same things over and over and it helps, it helps people to do something different. You feel excited all of a sudden again. Now I'm not, I'm not just trying to build them up. I want them to know I appreciate what they do, y'all. That's just an example though. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing for your personal relationship with God? What are you doing to ensure that things stay fresh? Look, I don't need something different from God that's not already revealed in His Word, but I do have to make sure my relationship with Him stays fresh. You see, I can't get by for the rest of my life on what He did in the past. That's not enough. You say, well, doesn't His blood cover all my sin? You're exactly right. But my relationship with God is so much more than salvation. Y'all, I'm not trying to belittle salvation in any way. That is a mighty work of God. But that's the beginning of my relationship with Him. Do you know what else He wants to do? Do you understand that that's the beginning where He starts with you and He wants to take you so much more? Y'all, I can't help but I know I start sounding old when I say things like this, but I ain't that old. Is that the first sign that you're getting old when you say, I'm not that old? (laughs) Haven't thought about that yet. I can't help but remember when I was a kid. Y'all, I remember church when I was a kid, okay? I want my kids to have memories like I had when I was a kid. Y'all, we had church, okay? Now look, there was people that came to church that wasn't no more interested in being there Sunday morning than they're done, right? They didn't have no tie to the church. Y'all, we had better church Sunday night than we had Sunday morning. I'm here to tell you, the Spirit of God moved. You know why? Because people desired the Spirit of God to move. Isn't it amazing how much control we have over God? They desired to see it move. They desired something deeper than what they had. And it moved. God came. He responded. Just like he says he will in his word. He says, I inhabit the praise of my people. Whew. That's why we sing praise songs. You know, do you understand that's the only reason we sing praise songs? I sing praise songs because I want Him to be pleased with me. I want that sacrifice of praise to just go up and be a sweet smell in His nostrils. And He says, "Who? what's that? Let me go see what's going on with my people today. And He's going to come in and He's going to inhabit those praises. But y'all, I'm telling you right now, singing the words ain't enough. There has to be a sacrifice of praise that's taking place in your heart. And when you sit there and you don't have praise in you, guess what? He don't come. That praise has to be taking place. Word tells us over in Isaiah that you put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You got heaviness? You say, I don't feel like getting up. I don't feel like praising God. You know what? You don't have to stand on your feet to praise God. But spiritually, you better be standing, right? There needs to be an attitude of praise within you. And you say, well, I don't know what you're talking about, Kevin. You know why you don't know what I'm talking about? Because you ain't ever been in His presence. You ain't ever felt it. Because I'm going to tell you right now, all it takes is one time. And you're going to say, oh... Now I know what praise is all about. Now I know why that guy wants to get up and act like a fool and and raise his hands and sing at the top of his lungs knowing he can't sing. Now I understand because my God is great. My God is worthy to be praised. He is great and highly to be exalted. I'm telling you right now, when you get some praise in you, you can't be contained. It don't matter if you go to the dead church on this side of the moon I'm telling you right now when the word of God begins to come forth and you begin to say you know what I ain't been in his presence all week I'm going to take my opportunity right now I don't care what nobody else thinks I'm going to worship him y'all I'm going to tell (laughs) y'all you may say well that's easy for you to say Kevin I'm a little more conservative than that. Y'all don't know me very well. Y'all, before God got a hold of me, you don't know what modesty is, okay? You don't know what shy and embarrassed is unless you knew me. Last thing Kevin Alfred would ever do is try to draw attention to himself. Okay? Y'all, this is a person that would not wear shorts even at home. Okay? Just, just, man, I'm just, no, that's not the way I was raised. You just don't do that. I don't know necessarily my parents ever said, you can't wear shorts. I just wasn't going to do it. I wasn't going to wear shorts in public. I'm just telling you that because that tells you a little bit about how conservative I was and am still today in a lot of ways. I'm not talking about politics. Okay? I'm not one of those kind of people by nature that wants to be in the center of attention. I'm not one of those kind of people that in any way wants somebody to notice what I'm doing. But I'm here to tell you today, when it comes to worshiping and praising my Savior, my King, my God, I'm telling you, He's worthy of any embarrassment that may come upon me. He's worthy. I'm willing to make that sacrifice. You see, that's a true sacrifice. I have to give something of myself. But what does He say? He says you give, and it'll be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing. I'm telling you right now, when I make that sacrifice, y'all, He comes. Y'all may not feel anything else anywhere in this church, but I'm telling y'all, when I make a sacrifice, He comes. See, that's the wonderful thing about God. He inhabits me, right? He don't have to inhabit anybody else in the building, but He shows up for me. I know some of y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you may not care. I don't know. Y'all, I'm telling you this today, not because I'm looking for everybody to make fools of themselves. I'm telling you this today because I don't like where we're headed. I don't like it. You know why? Because I don't feel like we're headed anywhere. That's that's the thing I don't like about it. You see, God sometimes will send you places that are not that pleasant. Sometimes God will make you do things that you don't really want to do. I don't mind that. Y'all, sometimes God has me preach things I don't want to preach. And I'll say, God, I don't like the sound of that. But if that's what you want, I'll do it, man. I'll do it. You see, sometimes He sends you to do things you don't want to do. But at least He's sending you somewhere. Right? At least there's a direction. At least you know He's still active in my life. He's still doing something with me because He sent me somewhere. But it's, man, I tell you all right now, it's better than the alternative. And that's what I feel right now. Maybe it's just me. Y'all tell me if I'm different, if I'm wrong in this in any way, but I'm telling you, I don't like mediocre. I see people try to instill mediocrity in my kids. It burns me up, man. What's wrong with keeping score on a T ball game? Why is that a bad thing that one lost and another one won? It gives you something to strive for, don't it? My God is not a mediocre God. He wants me striving for something. He wants me reaching for something greater and deeper in Him. He is not a mediocre God. People say, oh, just let them have fun. That ain't fun. Y'all, I've seen kids work their tails off. Dude, I mean, man, they are exceptional. At their age level, they are just crazy good athletes. Work their tails off to get somebody out. And they let them stay on the base because let's just have fun. What does that instill in that kid's mind? Why bother? Is that what we have going on in our church? Huh? No. Wait. Wait. It's easy to say no, but I want you to think about it now. What is my incentive to get more from God when I've already got everything I need? You see, there has to be a reason. Y'all, you may not agree with me on this, but I'm telling you, I need incentive. I need incentive to want more than what I have. You know what that tells me about me? It tells me that second Scripture I read is the exact opposite in my life. I've sought other things before I sought Him. I haven't sought His righteousness, but I sought my own. You see, if I'm complacent and I'm perfectly happy with where I am, I'm not seeking Him. Because when I begin to seek Him, that other stuff pales in comparison. There's a big difference there, ain't it? Y'all ever examine yourself like that? I challenge you to examine yourself against the Word of God. Boy, it'll make you hurt. (laughs) It will make you hurt. Tired of mediocrity. Tired of just enough. Tired of... Sometimes, y'all, I'm just tired. That shouldn't be that way. Y'all, I'm not trying to tell y'all I'm ready to give up and leave the church. That is the farthest thing from my mind. I assure you, I am fully dedicated. I will be here until the day I die unless God tells me something different. I'm not trying to tell you today I'm fed up with this work. I'm not fed up with it. What I'm fed up with is my progress in this work. What I'm fed up with is me being satisfied with where I am. That's what I'm fed up with. I'm not fed up with my God. It's not His fault. So who does that leave to blame? Me. Me. I hope you can say that same thing right now. I hope you're not saying, yeah, you, that's right. <laughs> right? It's easy to do that sometimes. Well, if that pastor would just preach harder, if that pastor would just spend a little more time in the Word, maybe, maybe everything. No, listen. <laughs> huh? I'm just the leader. <laughs> that don't mean I know everything. Right? I'm just the one that is here to deliver what God has said. I'm in this boat alone with you. I want you to hear me right now. And if this boat sinks, guess what? We're all in the same boat. I'm not on some other little lifeboat out attached to you by a rope. No, sir, I'm right there with you. And I have just as much stake in this interest as you do. People used to say, I don't have no dog in that hunt. And people today don't even understand what that means. What, what do you mean dog in the hunt? Y'all, my dad was a big hunter, okay? I don't know that I've ever met anybody since then that loved hunting as much as him. Man, it was just in him, right? From the time he was a kid, they just, they'd go coon hunting or squirrel hunting or something. So my dad my dad had dogs after dogs after dogs. I don't even know how many he had when he died. Y'all, if I were to make up a number, I, w- I wouldn't be right. But I know it was more than 30, okay? He had a lot of dogs. Sheila, do you remember about how many? 54? <laughs> Sheila remembers. He had 54 dogs when he died. These were hunting dogs. Y'all, I have seen with my own eyes. Now listen, this is in the 80s. I've seen with my own eyes him pay $1,500 for one dog. You tell me that man did not love hunting. Right? And that is the very dog that would get hit on the road and die. Every time. Or it's the one that wouldn't come back from the hunt. Right? But... That little runt that I picked out. Mo, let me tell you, those were good dogs. Why? Why? They had incentive. (laughs) They had a reason. They said, look, I got something to prove because don't nobody think I'm worth nothing. So I'm going to show them what I got. I'm doing everything I can to just hang on to this existence. Somebody please help me get to my mother. And get some food, right? There's incentive. You say I don't have no dog in that hunt. Well, let me tell you, I went with my dad to these hunts, right? They had these competitions, and then they had these huge fenced-in hunting places, thousands of acres. And so, what they would do is they'd post judges around to different locations, and they're running after coyote. Coyotes as some people call them, right? So they had these judges. And when they would come by that judge, he would see the numbers of the ones that were in the lead and he'd write them down. That's what it means to have a dog in the hunt, right? I don't have no dog in the hunt means I'm not involved. Doesn't matter to me what the outcome is. I don't have a dog in the hunt. Y'all, I'm telling you right now... Everybody here today should have a dog in the hunt. You ought to be saying to myself, I have a reason to hear what he's saying. I have a reason to want to see things change because this is my church. This is my family. This is people I care about. And the last thing I want in my life for my family is mediocrity. I don't want to just get by. Y'all want anything I do, that's how I feel. Why do I get by with mediocrity when it comes to God? When you go buy a TV, what kind of TV do you want to buy? Do you want to buy just the absolute cheapest thing that you know is going to fail within a year? No, nobody does. Now, everybody here may not say, I want to go buy a a 3000 television, but you don't want a piece of junk. You want something that's good, that's going to last you. And you get some enjoyment out of it. Anybody that goes here that that wants to go buy a car, what what kind of car do you want? You want a good one, right? Now, you may not go buy a $60,000 vehicle, brand new off the lot, no previous owner's. You may go buy a relatively new vehicle that's slightly used, but it's still good, right? You might do that. Point is, you're not going to settle for something that you know ain't worth a flip, right? When you go buy a house, what are you looking for? You're looking for something you want, right? This will work for me. This has the stuff in it I want. I'm not just looking for a place to exist. Hmm? Maybe this is just too much American in me today, right? We feel like we kind of need something a little better. Right? I'm not just looking, for, look, I can exist in a tent. Right? That'll get you by, won't it? Got me by for several years. Right? That that's all I needed was a tent. Is that all I wanted? Oh no, I promise you it was not what I wanted. When it hits thirty degrees outside or colder, you're saying, No, I don't want a tent, thank you. I would much rather have something with central heat and air. So why is it that everything else in our life we either want better than the the, the average or we want greater than that? But when it comes to God, eh, that's all right. You know, I like that church. It's okay. Yeah, I realize I haven't. Spent much time with you, God, but you know, everything's going okay in my life. Why are we satisfied with average and mediocre when it comes to God? I'm gonna tell you why right now, and it ain't comfortable, okay? We're satisfied with average and mediocre from God because if, if we were to seek more, guess what? We have to give up more. Huh? That hurts a little bit, don't it? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and if you'll do that, I'll handle the other stuff, okay? You may not have the best of everything materially speaking. You may not be blessed in abundance prosperity, but I guarantee you you'll have what you need if you'll just seek me first. We got our priorities wrong, don't we?